0: Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETS for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Basante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good
1: morning, guys. Good morning,
0: Larry. How are you? I'm great. Uh, a little cold this morning. Anyways, are you ready for the first question? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yesterday, Amazon announced that it plans to lay off 10,000 workers this week. And Facebook plans to lay off 11,000 workers as it faces competition from TikTok. And then there's Twitter. The Facebook layoffs are expected to save the money company so much money that it will make the company profitable again. And The Washington Post said, this is the end of the era for the tech industry. What's your take on all of this?
2: Yeah, so look, I mean, you're you're entering a period of the economy, right, where unemployment's been historically low, 3.75%. There is slack. You know, if you look at the Fed's neutral rate of unemployment in the US, it's about 4.5%. So what typically employment's been around a 5% number. We know that in, in tech, um, you know, uh, very uh, high cost uh, jobs, um, really a cost center to those companies, Uh, And they definitely had uh, more capacity than needed in in their labor force. And they kept labor around for quite some time. So, you know, I think these moves are prudent moves uh, with unemployment at these low point. I mean, look, joblessness is horrible. If you're, you know, one of the downsized, uh, it's extremely rough. And, uh, you know, there's opportunities abound right now uh, for those people leaving those companies. But from a managerial perspective, going into a downturn, a potential downturn, uh, you know, in the economy, uh, you have to stay lean and these companies, uh, you know, uh, did have uh, way too, way too much capacity. So what I would think is that when they trim these numbers, yes, uh, Facebook can return uh, to profitability just on on that downsizing. And I think these are good moves. You know, if you look at old tech, right, uh, in the IBM's, the Intel's, et cetera, of the world, you know, job uh, cradle to grave type jobs that doesn't exist anymore, but it has existed in tech for the past 20 years. So one part of that article is correct in that, yeah, it's the end of you know new tech as we know it. What's new is old, right? And now it's old tech. And uh, they're facing the same margin pressures uh, that everyone else is facing. And they're making moves. Um, and I'm actually shocked that some of these CEOs are making these moves. It is different, right? Um, but you see it reflected in the stock prices that they're getting punished. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, unfortunately you're going to see unemployment all across the spectrum in the U S, uh, move up, uh, in this, in this raising rate cycle. And I, I do think that, uh, we probably hit a historic low, uh, let's say last year at some point that will, uh, not be seen for quite some time.
1: Yeah, if you look at long-term unemployment trends in conjunction with what the Federal Reserve is actually saying and talking about right now, again, the Fed has a dual mandate, low inflation and full employment. We're at more than full employment when you look at uh, the Fed's actual justification and um, simultaneously inflation's high. Powell yeah. said that he wants unemployment to go up. So it, there's not a lot of slack in the labor market to for, for the U4 or U6 to continue to go lower. And the cost of capital continues to rise for a lot of these uh, tech companies, and just not just tech, pretty much every other company across the board. Tech does have really solid cash flows, but in order to maintain their profit margins, they have to lay people off because the cost of capital to raise it is not zero. You have to finance it from your own earnings. So unemployment has to go up, and layoffs actually have to happen for these companies to return to profitability, which... Hopefully, you know, certain areas of reckless spending kind of decelerate from this point, which will cycle back into inflation dropping um, because we're at that point of the cycle where realistically this has to happen. The the real negative on the back end of that is that housing has a very high correlation to unemployment rates and the consumer with rising unemployment trends is not going to be able to continue to spend at the same rate that it did in 2021 and even so in 2022 with unemployment rising.
0: So is this a good time to buy Amazon? I mean, I think Facebook with the whole metaverse. I think think you buy tech here in general. Yeah. How's that? Okay, that's a good one. Um, Okay, we'll stop there then. And here's the second question. It's hard to avoid talking about the crisis in crypto. FTX, one of the biggest exchanges in the industry, collapsed and filed for bankruptcy last week. And it's currently under investigation. Some industry insiders have said the company's downfall has triggered a Lehman moment, referring to the 2008 collapse of the investment bank that sent shockwaves around the world. Do you think that this is local to just the crypto market, or will the shockwaves hit other financial markets?
1: So, no, this is not local to just the cryptocurrency market, unfortunately, when you understand the interconnectivity of global finance. So, it's absolutely a Lehman Brothers type of moment. In a lot of ways, it can be a little bit worse because um, people who had invested money with Lehman Brothers, if you own the stock or the bonds, they went to zero. But the individual investors um, who had assets at those firms didn't necessarily lose all their capital. So, you know, one of the major arguments of investing in cryptocurrency from a, a standpoint going back years ago was this decentralized asset that was exempt from regulation. And people touted that as a major positive in terms of what that could do um, and the insulation that would provide from major central banks. Then something like this happens in terms of a major failure of an exchange and people are out there screaming that they want more regulation. I mean, you can't have it both ways realistically here. And now that something like this has happened, I mean this is a really unfortunate event because a lot of people have lost all their money and FTX is an offshore exchange located in the Bahamas. It falls out of the jurisdiction of the SEC to regulate this. Yet they were making they had massive political influence and were making donations to like different political um entities all over the world. So you're looking at this and when these assets go to zero, people can't get their money out. This was this was basically a giant Ponzi scheme. Now, as it pertains to the liquidity factor, um, this is going to cause a run on a lot of different exchanges that in association have a lot of high levels of correlation here because ultimately what you're going to see is whenever people worry about being able to get their assets out of something like this, it's a run on a bank. So it all goes to zero. The balance sheets here are very questionable. So even though that there is like, it, it's not like cryptocurrencies are going to zero, but these exchanges um, won't continue to exist. And you have major hedge funds like Sequoia, for example, who um, they have investments in cryptocurrency and some investments in these private exchanges. Sequoia is a massive hedge fund who made an investment in FTX and had the valuation on its book marked at $214 million on one day. And the next day they marked it down to zero. So when you have an investment that's marked down to zero and you have to get money out to investors, what do you sell? Stocks or bonds? So the people are going to begin to question the viability of some of their investments in some of these private assets, which in the last couple of years, there was a massive amount of venture capital and private equity that was plowed into this. People who have their money on these particular exchanges need to really question whether um, they want to keep that money there because if the exchange goes to zero, a lot of these exchanges were like taking the money in crypto, lending it to other places and marking it on their balance sheet. It was really kind of like the Wild West. And it's a complete and utter failure by the SEC and different regulatory agencies to actually go after this. And part of the problem is they were getting kickbacks from companies like FTX, too, um, from political donations. So this is just a big problem that unfortunately has liquidity ramifications everywhere because it's money that people thought that they had, and now a lot of it's gone.
2: You see, I got to tell you, <clears throat> you know, part of our thesis against crypto and not dealing in it, not trading in it, and whatnot. Uh, since inception, um, are that there was a lot of unknowns and not uh, guardrails in place. And so, you know, I still maintain that, you know, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of China could come out with crypto equivalent. And why would you want to store it in Bitcoin just because it doesn't have finite, you know, value? Uh, The good thing, one of the good things about the Fed raising rates is that the air, in these bubbles of speculation globally has been let out and popped. And whether it was the last class of IPO loser stocks that, you know, haven't gone anywhere uh, or it's crypto uh, that to me has never had a value. And look, you could bet on two ants crossing the floor and make a market in that, um, certainly. Uh, But, you know, I have never seen the value uh, in this crypto uh, other than just making bets, and I'm shocked at the smart supposed smart people that got caught up in this uh, and the billions of dollars lost. Um, but just the, so aside from what it is, a digital currency, right? By you know independent makers, then you have to look at the trading and how that was done, right? And and the clearing and the custodial relationships. And again, you know, largely not falling under the guise of, of regulation um, or being too new to regulate, or not having proper guardrails in place. Not a good store of value for someone's money, especially our clients.
1: Yeah, this is beyond just a cryptocurrency discussion. It's a fail of the regulators and the regulatory agencies to make sure that people's money was safe in a lot of these exchanges. And when people start questioning all of this, it turns into like, Kind of like the doom loop, where bad just turns into worse as you uncover more negativity. Negativity around all these exchanges and crypto type of assets. I mean, people yeah. paying four hundred thousand dollars for pictures of JPEG rocks a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well,
2: again, pure speculation, top of market cycle behavior. Higher rates takes that out, and you know, fortunately, this time uh, it was not as large as the dot com crash, right? Where, where a lot of mom and pops were involved. Well, not okay.
0: yet. Not yet.
1: Yeah, and they I, went I to the point, Bahamas.
2: Larry, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, they I went to the they... Bahamas to avoid regulation. So even if the SEC was on top of it, they couldn't have regulated them. And regulated. I
2: got to tell you, I, I do think the SEC here did a good job at regulating a new industry. It's a new industry, right? And so you don't want to STEMI, you know, innovation, but you have to have guardrails. But yes, you're right. That's why they were in the Bahamas.
1: This is going to create more job losses too, because there were a lot of jobs that popped up throughout the crypto industry. And I think, even on the you know the, the advertising front, think about last year's Super Bowl. How many cryptocurrency type of advertisements there actually were? So there's goes to show of you, man, you
2: really can short. You know, if you take a year approach after the Super Bowl ads, six months to, to twelve months, you always short those companies. You you probably make money. We should do an analysis on that. But
1: that's a lot of money just throughout the economy.
0: So, Mike, I think it's a very interesting idea you have there that this is going to cause no liquidity problems. You think this is going to cause, because people need money, they're going to sell
1: a lot more stocks and bonds in the near future? Well, I think that the liquidity problem, I'm not saying that people are going to have to sell stocks and bonds. When you have turmoil and volatility in other asset classes, stocks and bonds become the most liquid asset to sell because they're highly regulated. It's easy to push a button to sell and to get your hands on some of this money. And since you thought you may have had money in crypto a while back, and now that money is no longer there for one or two reasons. I mean, a lot of these exchanges have halted withdrawals to try to make sure that they stay solvent at this point in time. So if you can't get your money out of there and you need money elsewhere, where are you gonna turn?
0: And a lot of these things, if they have, um, have a hedge fund, has a lot in crypto, and then there's a run on the hedge fund and people want to take money out, they got to get money from somewhere. If they can't sell the crypto, then they've got to get, yeah, like you say, got to get the money where it's the most obvious place. They're going to sell stocks just to be able to pay out all the people that are with making
1: their withdrawals. Exactly. So it turns into a, a, stocks in, uh, a lot of times stocks and equities will move based off of liquidity liquidity variables. They become a source of liquidity In the event that you have illiquidity in a lot of other places. So, I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing certain aspects. And, you know, in a lot of ways, throughout this entire, you know, two week time period, equities have held up very well. They've actually gone up because there was a lot of negativity priced in. And I think that you're actually seeing this come to fruition. And Phil and I, Usually, um, when we have crises like this, I remember when the energy crisis not energy crisis, I'm sorry, but in 2015, 2016, when the price of oil got crushed, and you know, Phil and I have a term that sooner or later, the markets need a body, right? Something has to basically float to the surface amidst all the downturn, like yeah. something goes unsolved and, and something goes bad. Right now it's FTX. Um, does that mean that there are going to be there aren't going to be any more? There probably will be. That will most likely be the biggest one that comes of this. But sometimes when you have that type of failure um, that can precipitate why a lot of the negativity was out there and you get some relief, even though unfortunately this goes beyond just the relief amongst stocks because there's a lot of people, including one famous football quarterback who lost millions, hundreds of millions of dollars investing in FTX, who was a sponsor there. So it it feeds way beyond that. Like a lot of people have lost, like their money went to zero and that's just awful, realistically.
0: Yeah, it was a bad time to get divorced. He should have waited two weeks. Um, Well, thanks guys, that was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address which is question at qquestiontuesday.com. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.